Attention listeners, do you ever find yourself struggling to decide what to watch on a Saturday night when you're in the mood for horror? Or perhaps you're trying to round out your own horror film education. In either case, I'm sure you'll be able to make some great discoveries in my 10x10 Horror Watch List, featuring a breakdown of the 10 favorite horror movies from 10 renowned horror directors. We did a deep dive of the favorite horror movies from directors including Guillermo del Toro, Ari Aster, Jordan Peele, Quentin Tarantino, James Gunn, Rob Zombie, Martin Scorsese, and many, many more. Here you'll find a collection of each director's favorite horror movies, along with quotes about what they appreciated about the films, all in an easy-to-reference PDF that you can download absolutely free. Featuring a mix of well-worn classics and deep cuts, hopefully you'll discover some overlooked gems and look at old classics through new lenses. Download the 10x10 Horror Watch List for free by visiting nicktaylor.com slash horror guide. That's nicktaylor.com slash horror guide. Welcome back to the Nick Taylor Horror Show. Patricia Day is the lead singer and stand-up bass player and overall front woman for the Horror Pops, a Danish punk band with a sound that's rooted in psychobilly, rockabilly, and punk rock with a horror-centric edge. I'm a huge fan of Horror Pops, and I have been for over 15 years. My personal favorite songs are Psycho Beach, Where They Wander, Walk Like a Zombie, and Dotted with Hearts, all of which you can listen to on Spotify. Their sound is so cool and so much fun. They intertwine horror with 50s rockabilly with a kind of tongue-in-cheek vibe, and I just love them. If you dig the Necromantics, the Misfits, or any other horror-centric band, definitely check out the Horror Pops. The Horror Pops recently released their first album in over 12 years with Live at the Wiltern, a dual album and DVD that features a 68-minute concert film. As a longtime fan, I've been super excited to see the Horror Pops getting back into action. In this conversation, Patricia and I get into what's next for the band, her songwriting process, and we did plenty of geeking out about horror along the way on this very special episode of the Nick Taylor Horror Show. Now, without further ado, here is Horror Pops frontwoman, the wonderful Patricia Day. Patricia Day, such a pleasure to be speaking with you. Uh, I'm a huge fan. I have been for a long time. and uh, Yeah, let's not put years on that, okay. shall we? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited that um, you guys are having such a resurgence. I mean, I, I listened to the new album live at the, the Wiltern and, and watched the videos, and it was just awesome. Unfortunately, as big of a fan as I've been of you guys, I have not seen you guys in concert yet. You came into New York at one point. I missed it for some reason, and I'm kicking myself. Um, I but, think we've been to New York more than once. Yeah, yeah. Bad fan, you. I know. Okay. I gotta get better. <laughs> well, I was living in Orlando for a while. I know. I have to get better. But um, well, I mean, yeah. speaking of that, are you? Is there a tour around the corner? I mean, what's uh, what's on the immediate horizon for you guys? Oh, yeah. that's a good question. Um, to be honest, we don't have any uh, plans, plans. Um, and that's, uh, I guess, the whole point of us. Uh, 
not playing for so many years is yeah. we didn't really have plans to play. We don't have plans not to play. Um, and now we just have a plan not to have a plan. So nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little, uh, it's a little watery out there. Uh, and it's also, you know, with, with COVID, um, trying to get i know most people talk about COVID in in past tense now yeah but for for us uh creatives it's it's still very much uh COVID. we can't get gigs yeah um, there you know how many venues have survived is still unknown the venues that has survived don't have personnel to take time to hire new people in or yeah. hire the old people back uh you know they need talent buyers at venues um to even, you know, get music going again. And, and yeah. under normal circumstances, setting up a tour, a U.S. tour, uh, takes, you know, the six-month lead. Mm-hmm. Um, now now we're looking at nine months um, because well. of we don't know what's out there. Uh, and, and then with states having different rules for openings and all that, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's a little difficult to say. Yeah. That, we have of plans i mean we'd we'd like to do one one last hooray one last world tour uh go go back see all the places we've been um and a few where we haven't yeah um that would be nice okay well if you come to new york i'll be in the front row okay good to know (laughs) or i'll see you in the pit whatever (laughs) yeah it's got to be a really difficult time for musicians particularly i mean in in the venues are all really really suffering right now i mean it's kind of a scary time for the music industry i i'm hoping enough people realize this and that when the time comes and the world opens up again they will support the musicians that they care about and you know actually buy the music uh, and buy the yeah. merch and go out and, and see bands on tour. I mean, I feel like it's important for the listeners to know that the music industry is going to need, or a lot of these bands and the venues are going to need a lot of support post COVID. Right. But it's always been, uh, the music business has always been a dog eat dog world. Um, yeah. And, um, it's frustrating to see what's happening now. Um, and it's, it's one of those things that I've always in hard pops been a very much a part of, I've always taken care of us as a band. We've never had management or anything like that. We've not mm-hmm. had people hold our hands. So um, the business aspect of these things, I am deeply involved in. And it's it's a thing that uh, made me very tired of the business. Really? <laughs> There's not, uh, yeah. Um, so right now with COVID, um, like a lot of these venues, some of these venues ask bands to help them out during closures and that's you know Mm. understandable um so bands you know they played online shows for free and did whatever they could uh one of the projects were called save the stages i don't know if you heard about that Mm -mm. uh great initiative now that the problem is the things that started opening up again these venues are now uh putting in clauses and contracts that says you know um basically if ticket sales are not what they're expected to be, the band won't get paid. They're, oh man! Things like that are you know? Can we can we, we understand that the you know venues are hurting, but so are we musicians, and yeah. can we at least share the risk? I mean, we still if we say we're going to play a show, say in Kansas City, we have costs getting yeah. to Kansas City, and and they incur beforehand in flight tickets, whatever, hiring people. Um, 
And those costs, what do we do with them if, if the venue decides to just cancel because they think they might be able to get a band that can sell more tickets? Oh, God. And, and the competition between the bands is not helping either. There's right. less venues, more bands competing. Everybody wants to go out and play. Right. So now it's really doggy dog and worse than it's ever been. Um, and every band is going to need the full hearted support of of their fans more now more than ever. So, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be interesting to see who survives this blood fight. That's for sure. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah, all you yeah. fans listening, it's time to start supporting your bands. So just get ready for that. <laughs> yeah. Mm. So one thing, um, one thing I always loved about you guys as a band was just how entertaining you are. And yeah, the music does feel deeply emotional in certain cases, but there's also a high level of entertainment and the misfits did that really well. And I've heard you talk a lot about the importance of being an entertaining band. And you know, that obviously translates into the, the performances that you guys do. You guys have, you know, go-go dancers on stage. Not not always. Let's just, uh, get that. We actually, uh, played without go-go dancers for many, many, many years. Uh, We quit having go-go dancers in, 2008 um but uh we actually we had we, we brought back go-go dancers for this uh little reunion tour oh, nice. we did in 2020 but if we did i i mean i would like to continue with go-go dancers i mean it's great to it's be able cool. to put on a show and and there's they're fun and stuff happening and and that's you know important but again with with times being as it is whether or not we can afford to take out go-go dancers is another question yeah yeah so um, but I still think, you know, even as a, a three piece, which we taught us for many years, we, we still managed to put on a show. Oh yeah. And I, yeah. And I think you can see that on the, on the DVD, uh, release when, you know, it becomes available that a lot of the songs, we didn't have uh, the dancers with us on stage because we wanted, you know, we wanted people to have that experience as well. And I think we p- pulled off. Okay. Yeah. I think, I hope. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm curious from your perspective, I mean, how important is entertainment when it comes to a show? I mean, obviously the music quality is of the utmost importance, but it sounds like you guys really put an effort to make sure the music is entertaining and, you know, the uh, the shows are as well. And clearly you guys are very influenced by movies as well. So, I mean, what's the kind of creative philosophy behind making sure that, you know, the music and just horror pops in general are are entertaining above all things? Um, I'm sorry. Can you hear that in the background? I just got to ask, like, there's a sawing going on. Um, a little bit. It's not a big deal. That's fine. Well, okay. Let me know if it gets annoying. It's, it's Necroman. I think he's building a new base or something in the basement. So (laughs) that's so cool. (laughs) I was going to edit that out, but I'm not going to now. (laughs) Okay. Well, there you go. Um, Necroman has a chainsaw downstairs. Okay, this yes, is this is exactly. the coolest conversation I've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> there is that. So, what's the philosophy about our stage show? It, uh, well, here's the thing: I uh, growing up for me uh, in the '90s, uh, especially like you know the grunge period, you saw all these yeah. bands, and a lot of them had a tendency to play with their eyes closed. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like it was great music it was really boring to watch uh, <laughs> um, but uh, so I think you know with a horror pop show we found that if we're having fun on stage mm. our audience is having fun so yeah. it's all about you know being able to 
do off the cuff things and 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 laugh at each other when we mess up. I mean, I, I know that at least a few times uh, there's been accidents where the rest of the band members have been pointing and laughing. I, I remember <laughs> very clearly uh, falling between uh, stage uh, monitors, like Oof. off, like falling off stage, but it felt like it was happening in slow motion. Oh, and man. No one came to help me out. Everybody was <laughs> pointing and laughing. And that happens, and it's cool, and it's, you know, it's a part of the show. And, yeah. And I think our fans are all very well aware of that, that aspect of us that, you know, yeah, shit happens. You, you go with it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm really curious about the, 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 both the musical and the cinematic influences that are in horror pops. I mean, clearly there's a lot of there's surf guitar, there's rockabilly, um, but they also like, it's reminiscent of a lot of movies as well, like surf movies and 1950s movies and horror mm. movies. So I'm curious mm. about like, were there any key movies that were really influential to the sound or the overall persona of the band? Uh, had nailing that down to just one. I remember on our first demo, we described horror pops as being uh, a crossover of Russ Meyer and uh, Daffy Duck. Daffy Duck, is that how you say it in English? Uh, yeah, Daffy Duck on speed. So, <laughs> so that's, you know, uh, that there's some influence there. Okay. Um, but uh, like we all, we, Nita Meyer and Necroman and I, we have like very different influences. Yep. Um, Necroman, of course, has the whole horror back catalog. Um, he can just shake out of his arm anytime he wants. Yeah. Um, and but it's funny though because like Necroman, his his horror history is like he likes a lot of the seventies. Like, um, how would you pronounce it? Suspiria. You know. Suspiria. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like that's that's one of Necroman's favorites, you yeah. know. Um, Nina Maya, he's like a little more, you know, Evil Dead. Uh-huh. Like we're up in the eighties and early nineties for his genre. Now, me personally, I don't really dig horror movies. Hmm. Um, I'm I'm <laughs> I'm more of a I don't like getting scared. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't like, well, I don't, actually, I do like getting scared. I don't like getting shocked. Yeah. And I think a lot of um, movies now, you can just, I fall for it every time. You hear it, you build up in the music, you mm -hmm. see the blonde running with the tits free and all that, and you think, oh, yeah, she's going to die some horrible, scary death in yeah. about three seconds. I know it's coming. And I still kind of pee my pants when it does. So, <laughs> it actually works on me. So um, that's so horror is not your thing. It no, that's not quite true. It, it is, uh, but less the like slasher shocking ones. More like the cooler fifties ones, maybe. Well, I'm good. I'm in for a good splatter too. But right. I like when it gets crossover into sci-fi. Yeah. So, Alien is a good example of that. Yeah. Um, the Bible is a good example of it. Yeah. <laughs> Horror and sci-fi mixed together. Um, a lot of there, yeah. <laughs> uh, but in general, I'm more of a, a book person than a, than a movie person when it comes to, to horror. Um, oh, cool. So books or uh, graphic novels, that, that's, I like to get inspiration from that. Um, and I'm... <laughs> I'm reading some graphic, or not a graphic novel, some books right now that are 
I'm like, there's so many quotes in there that I just want to use for songs. Oh, yeah? And now here comes one of my weak moments. I always forget names. Yeah, uh, author's called Richard Cadry. Okay. And this series is called Sandman Slim. It's very, um, I guess you would call it a, a crossover between horror and sci-fi and fantasy. Okay, that sounds really cool. Sandman Slim. Yeah, Sandman Slim series. I mean, come on. He, at a point, he says, uh, "There's one one of the lines that just cracks me up." It's like, "Yeah, wearing a long black coat in Los Angeles means you need to lay off the Bauhaus." <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> I can, you know, there, there's a song in that for line, sure. You know? I can hear it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, um, so that's a big inspiration right there. Yeah, oh, that's really really cool. Um, I think one thing that's interesting about psychobilly in general, and I know that you, I, I heard you in another interview saying that you don't think that horror pumps is necessarily psychobilly. Um, but there's just a cool thing that happens when you have a stand-up bass in either rockabilly, psychobilly, where there's like a kind of syncopation between the drums and the bass and the guitar, um, where you guys just all kind of like hit the same notes together. And it creates such a unique sound that, I mean, I, I typically used to associate with Psycho Billy, but I mean, you guys have it really strong in horror <laughs> pops. I just love that sound. Um, mm. how, how do you describe the the overall sound and how do you guys, you know, achieve that sound? If you know what I'm talking about. Okay, so how do I describe the overall sound? That's, that's really easy. Horror pop. <laughs> that was an easy one so, yeah um so and then when it comes to psychobilly yes i've said several times i don't think horror pops is a psychobilly band but um we have been adopted by the psychobilly scene right and we do have uh psychobilly influences um but um, if the if a fan wants to call a psychobilly, I'm perfectly all right with that. Mm -hmm. But there's a huge difference between that and then coming out saying, like, if I said a thing we're psychobilly, because then we get into arguing about what is and what isn't, and right. I my life is too short for those debates. No, so, of course. Uh, I'll leave it to be to Meteos to be the only pure psychobilly band. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, so. Uh, what makes our sound? What you're describing with the upright bass is it's it's you know it's a percussion. You yep. play bass and you play percussion, and um, well at least if you do it good. I, I don't know. Like I'm still learning, uh, but sometimes it, it actually works. And 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 Nita, mine, and I will will really complement each other. And then most of the time we don't, but it still works. Right. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's some, uh, musically, there's some interesting things happening for the, the nerds out there. When, right. if you listen to some horror pop songs, we're doing things that shouldn't be possible. I'll be playing, or Nita and I will be playing a, a straight 4-4 four, four beat and I'll be playing a, a shuffle over it, which should not work, mm -hmm. but it does for us. Um, so, you know, that's, that's just one of the, the magic little things about horror pops is that yeah. we don't know what we're doing, but we make it work. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. That's really cool. And your fan base is pretty diverse. I mean, I heard you talk about a typical horror pop show. You're going to see the psychobilly fans. You're going to see punk fans. You're going to see metal fans. You're going to see, you know, disco fans. It sounds yeah. like they're, you guys have a really diverse fan base. I mean, what do you think is the reason why the horror pops has such a diverse fan base. I mean, what do you think it is about your music? I think it's because we're so diverse. Like personally, the, the three of us are diverse. Yeah. Uh, musical taste. Like 
we 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 don't agree on a lot of uh, things musically. There's there's a few things in your Morricone we all love. Oh um, yeah. <laughs> but um, the it's it's the the back catalog is so huge of our inspiration, so that I think everybody can find something they relate to. Mm, that's cool. So that I think that's I mean, but that's all uh, hindsight. Twenty twenty, yeah. you know, <laughs> I can. I, I, that was not a plan, but if I'd had to explain it, I would say that was it. Mm -hmm. That's cool. So in terms of your own musical education, um, could you talk about how you learned to play and, you know, the styles that you gravitated towards when you, when you were just starting out? Like how, what was your kind of musical education? Like, did you grow up like learning to play rockabilly songs or, you know, what was your musical education like? So I grew up with, um, uh, I grew up with a, in a musical family. Um, my um, stepfather, I've had a few, but the one I had in my formative years <laughs> uh, was uh, had a, a group called Laid Back, which was uh, the first Danish group that made the top 10 in the U.S. They, wow. had a, they had some hits called Sunshine Reggae and White Horse. Like if you're in your 50s or 60s, you mm -hmm. might recognize the name. Um so, and, you know, so growing up with him and being his house, half his house was a recording studio. And all I wanted to be was to be him. I just like him. Yeah. Him very much. Um, and then uh, my, but the person that actually told me to play in, well, so he, my, that stepfather, Tim was his name. He, um, he kind of taught me to write music, uh, make melodies mm -hmm. to anything like um, but my cousin was the one who taught me to play an instrument. And so I think he got me started when I was 10 or something oh, cool. like that. Um, so, you know, that's, that's the start, but, but I hadn't heard about rockabilly or psychobilly until way later in life. Um, I, you know, the first time I heard, you know, like most people nowadays when i when I, somebody said rockabilly you think yeah. what like elvis you know <laughs> <laughs> and psychobilly you go like what what are you trying to say you know um so uh, but but like when i you know the teenage years when you start discovering music for real that that puts the foundation for the rest of your life i was hugely into yeah cramps of course um nick cave depeche mode nice that's my foundation right there All those right. three <laughs> Very cool. So this is kind of a geeky question. Um, I think one of my favorite of your songs is Horror Beach. I think there's something just so cool about it. And I'm glad that you did like a mm -hmm. sequel song. But mm -hmm. I'm really curious as to how, to how did that song come about? What was the initial idea? How did you guys decide to do like a super spooky Dick Dale sounding surf song? I just, I'm, I'm waiting for there to be a Horror Beach movie. That song is so fucking cool. And it's so iconic. And I can just, I can, I can picture a movie as I'm listening to it. So I'm curious, what was the, uh, what was the, what think, was the overall inspiration behind that, that song? I, I think there is a movie called Horror Beach. Really? Yeah, let's Google, shall we? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm checking out right uh, now. You, okay, you're Googling. Uh, yeah, I guess, um, I remember how, there was a film festival in, in Copenhagen in 96, I believe. Okay. Uh, and Necromant and I went and saw this, this movie, which was, was a horror beach movie. Like it was uh, a mix of, um, 
sorry, I forget the names of, of those beach party movies. Uh, with pick- Annette and uh, Frank, Frankie and Annette. Right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was like a couple and they, were, they did like five yeah. beach party movies. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Those ones. So it was a mix between that and then like a creature from the Black Lagoon kind of situation. Oh, that's cool. Um, and I think that the, in this movie, the, the lead was played by the same guy who played the lead in this TV show called Dharma and Greg. And I don't know why I can remember that. Oh, wow. Okay. So if that helps you out, that. You, you'll have to go on IMDb <laughs> and look at what he's done. Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure that like, but that's again, it's in Europe, often with American movies, they get a different title. So that can be confusing sometimes. Hmm, okay. um, but I'm pretty sure it was called Horror Beach, and I, I'm pretty sure that that Nickelman and I afterwards was like, okay, we need to we need to write the soundtrack for that movie just watched, and yeah. that's how that came about. Oh, that's really cool, really <laughs> really cool. Yeah, I just Google it. There's a movie called The Horror of Party Beach. Could that be it? Is it from the 90s? Let me see. And does Horror it have Party that Beach. guy from Dama and Greg? No, it's it? 1964. Never mind. That's probably not it. Uh, no. I'll take a look. I'll do some research after. I'll email you if I can find <laughs> okay. it. If yeah. you can find it, because I'd like to rewatch it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it sounds pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. I might remember it better than it was, but I remember it being pretty cool. Okay. Yeah, that does sound pretty cool. So wh- what are your thoughts on the current state of, uh, of psychobilly music and like, you know, horror-centric music, like horror punk? Um, are there any bands that are new and upcoming that are exciting you? Or, I mean, any thoughts on the overall state of that, of those genres right now? Oh, man, that would be a question for Necroman uh, and not me. It, when it comes to that genre, um, <clears throat> uh, Delta Bombers, I, oh, yeah. I just discovered them. I'm a little slow. Uh, I'm, I'm, seeing, I'm seeing where they could be a band that could take the scene in a new direction. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I do think they have, they have a lot of potential. Yeah. Um, but it's, you know, I, I think no matter what, if it's horror related and there's horror in the lyrics and you have the, you know, that, that tongue in cheek, double meaning to everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there will always be a, a place for that. Yeah. Always. Because, you know, you love it as a teenager and then you can watch these same things or listen to these same things again as an adult. And all of a sudden you hear that other meaning, you know, Mm -hmm. and I think that will always there will always be a fan base for that. I'm not worried. And it's, it's, you know, it's it's interesting. I don't know how it was here, but, you know, when I grew up, um, the horror sci fi a fantasy section in the in the DVD store rental place was like you know one shelf and five movies you know right. like like now it's holy shit the selection if you put it in you know Netflix I want to watch a horror yeah and like there's just thousands of movies so hey man shit's going well for the genre yeah and it's even, going really well even the pretty girls know what you're talking about when you're talking about some of these movies so that's interesting <laughs> yeah definitely. <laughs> So, so I think I think we're good. I think uh, we're all when the the few of us that are in this genre. I think we're good. Yeah. I mean, come on. We look at Comic Con. Like, holy shit. Oh yeah. That's huge. Mm-hmm. We're fine. And there's like Monster Palooza, which is like the oh, kind of horror yeah. Comic Con. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We're fine. We're yeah. fine. <laughs> Definitely. So, are there any other kind of musical genres that you've wanted to explore as a musician, you know, in a new project, either through horror pops or otherwise? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I have side projects. Um, I, I like a lot of, uh, you know, new way sort of. No, oh God, that's a that ages me. That word doesn't it? I guess. It's no, I feel like gothic. it's still relevant. <laughs> okay, uh, I guess gothic type music that yeah. uh, will always always have my heart. Um, Very cool. I mean, damn! If I could get Taiwan negative to. <laughs> oh man, that would be tight. If I could wake, if I could wake him from the grave and do something, I would have loved to. <laughs> oh, that would be super cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I mean, first of all, thank you again. This was this is a huge honor. I've been a huge fan for uh, for a long time, and uh, you know, I can't help but ask, what is what's next for Horror Pops? Is there any chance of a new studio album? Maybe. All right. I'm, I'll hold on to maybe. <laughs> As I said, I'm reading some books that really wants, makes me want to write lyrics. So uh, That's cool. Let's see. Okay. Well, I will keep my <laughs> fingers crossed and I'll be anxiously awaiting. Uh, Patricia, thank you again. Again. No problem. Mm, huge congratulations on the new live album and uh, for so thank many you. years of so much good music. <laughs> Thanks again. Thank you and take care. You too. All right. Thank you guys, as always, for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, why not share it with your friends and your family on the social medias? Don't forget to follow the show on Instagram at I'm Nick Taylor. That's I am Nick Taylor. And on Twitter at the same handle. Thanks again for listening to the Nick Taylor Horror Show. Hey guys, one last thing before you head out. If you haven't already, don't forget to check out my 10 by 10 horror watch list. How would you like a list of the 10 favorite horror movies of 10 of your favorite horror directors? Well, I just hooked your ass up. The 10 by 10 horror watch list features a breakdown of the 10 favorite horror movies from 10 renowned horror directors, including Ari Aster, James Gunn, Quentin Tarantino, Jordan Peele, Martin Scorsese, and many, many more, all in an easy to reference PDF. You can download this guide for free as my gift to my dear listeners at nicktaylor.com slash horror guide. That's nicktaylor.com slash horror guide. Check it out and let me know what you think. 